1: The phone lines are open this hour to be a part of the program. It's a free call, one 855 450 NOAA. That's 1-855-450-6624, or send an email to live at AskNoahShow.com. My name is Noah Chalaya. I am your host. Delighted to be here with you. This hour is another episode of the Ask Noah Show kicks off this hour. This is going to be an exciting episode for a couple of reasons. We're going to kick the episode off with an absolutely ginormous announcement. And then later in the hour... Eric Dubois from Arco Linux joins us. Now, we were originally going to have Jason Donafield from WireGuard join us, but uh, some stuff came up at the last moment, and Jason wasn't able to join us, And uh, but Eric was, and so Eric's going to be able to join us, and we're going to have a discussion about Arco Linux. and if you haven't heard about Arco Linux, man, are you guys in for a treat. But we have some really, really big news at the Ask Noah Show. We want to open the program. We're excited to share this with you. And before I do... I kind of want to set this up just a little bit because the what I have learned since joining the Linux action show is if you don't give the community all of the information and you try to take the high road and just say, Hey, here's what's happening, and here's some basic reasons why, but I don't really want to get into the details. What the community will do to you is they will create a narrative and in my experience, 10 out of 10 times, the narrative that they build is about 50 times worse than the actual dirty laundry that I, we just didn't want to get into or I didn't want to get into. So I want to set the stage very, very carefully, and I want to give all of the information out there so that nobody can create a narrative. If we're going to create a narrative, I'm going to tell you what the narrative is because, because I know, because it's my news. And I want to set it up this way. You have to understand that Chris Fisher is the kind of guy that everybody wants to work for. And I say that because he does a couple of things very, very well. First of all, he is the kind of guy that expects a lot from you, but rewards good performance, rewards um, when you deliver on a product, when you deliver what he asked you to do with more rope. And the expression that that he's used is he'll give you enough rope to climb somewhere or hang yourself. And um, some people hang themselves and some people climb to to bigger and better things. The other thing I would say about Chris is that he is your biggest fan publicly and your harshest critic behind closed doors, which as a broadcaster is something that I will forever be grateful for. And actually, I was having a conversation with him last week and I was telling him, you know, I'm entering into a new a second career, essentially, with radio broadcasting And the person that I want in my corner more than anybody else is Chris, because I know that he has the product's best interest at heart and he has my best interest at heart. And so if there's anybody I want advice from, it would be him. Because he's an incredibly talented broadcaster and he will find the details that can make your show that will take your show from an eight or a nine to an 11. And so that's that's who I have worked for for a number of years and why I have appreciated working for him. And the story I want to tell to set this up was actually it's not mine. It's a story I heard actually on the radio a couple of months ago. And the story was of a guy whose father had worked for a company called Alcoa Aluminum and Alcoa Aluminum made aluminum products. And one day, this man and his wife were having Thanksgiving dinner at his father's house and his wife wrapped their side that they brought in Reynolds Wrap. And his dad, seeing it on the table, picked it up, walked across the kitchen angrily, and threw the entire dish into the garbage and said, Alcoa Aluminum put dinner on this this family's dinner, or dinner on this family's table for 40 years. How dare you bring a competitor's product into this house? And it was that kind of It's that kind of loyalty and it's that kind of put the shield first above all else kind of attitude that, that, that I really relate well to, I I suppose, partly because I'm a small business owner, but also because it's the kind of person I am. And so when I joined Jupiter Broadcasting, I was super happy to do everything the Jupiter Broadcasting way. I knew that they had a recipe that worked for the Linux action show. I knew that Chris had a workflow that he was committed to. I knew that he had a publishing process that really worked. And when I went to do fill-in work, I I didn't use my own intro music. I didn't make up my own intro. I didn't stray from the format of any of the shows. I did Coder the Coder way. I did LUP the LUP way. I did LAST the last way. I did everything the JB way because I felt that was the respectful, right way to do the, that kind of programming. And that's not to say that Chris and I agree on everything because he'd be the first person to tell you that Shows like Linux Unplugged, formatically, were specifically designed around his personality and the way that he likes to do things. I would not make many of the same decisions that Chris makes, and I'm sure Chris would not make many of the same decisions that I make with my show. But there is an immense amount of mutual respect between us that I can't even begin to explain to you. I can never put it into words, and you would have to see us in person to understand that kind of mutual respect. But I set the story up this way because... I want to make sure that I am abundantly clear. I am not a guy that quits. It's not lost on me that I am where I am today in my broadcasting career because of Chris, because of Jupiter Broadcasting. And I want to see Jupiter Broadcasting succeed. I would have liked to see JB become the C-SPAN of tech. I would have liked to host more shows. And throughout my entire time at JB, I have never stopped asking one question. What more can I do? Can I fill in? Can I host a new show? Bring back plan B hashtag. Even if it meant doing content out of my own pocket, I was not only willing to do that, but I was elated for the opportunity to make this network a success because I believe in this network's mission to my core. And I'm extraordinarily proud of the work I've done here on JB. And there isn't a day that goes by that I am not immensely thankful for everything this network and Chris personally has given me. Now, when last ended, I had essentially three choices. I could step away from the mic. I could start a competing show or I could do a show at no cost for JB. If I stepped away from the mic, that wouldn't have been a great choice for me at that time because I had so much to say. I had so much content I wanted to make. I like helping people. I love being a part of the community. And frankly, I have a big ego. Starting a competing show also not really not still was not really an opportunity. It just wasn't a choice for me. One is I have too much respect for what Chris and Jupiter Broadcasting were trying to do. And second of all, I'm not the guy that quits. So that left me with a third, third option, which was do a show at essentially no cost to Jupiter Broadcasting. Now, that was the obvious choice. And let me be clear. It was never about money. I promise you, if I had even hinted at the fact that I needed some money to do the show or if I needed resources to do the show, I know Chris's character enough that somehow, despite the fact that they had a shoestring budget, they would have found a way to make it work. Now, knowing Chris, that would mean that he would just not eat on Fridays or something like that because the network just didn't literally have the money to do it. But if I had, if I had even hinted that that was something I wanted, I promise you he would have made it work because that's the kind of guy he is. But I wanted to do the show at no cost. I wanted to add value to this network. I wanted to be able to compete with other Jupiter broadcasting shows, but I wanted it to ultimately benefit JB. They get all the support, they reap all the benefits. I bring in new listeners, doesn't matter. If I do a bad job, they're not really out anything because I bought the studio, I furnish the cost, I edit the show. Um, but if it does work out, if I am right about some of the new and exciting things I wanted to try, then it brings new listeners into the network and ultimately JB moves forward and that's really what I wanted to see. But when we launched the Ask Noah show over a year ago, we're coming up on hundred episode 100. And let me tell you, doing 100 episodes of anything is one of the things that... <laughs> I mean, it will make you think and you will learn a lot of hard lessons. If I was going to do a show, if I'm paying for the studio, if I'm scheduling the guests, I'm hosting the show, I'm editing the show, I'm publishing the show, I'm promoting the show. And by the way, that last one promoting the show, I spend about twice as much time promoting the show as I actually do hosting and prepping the show, which is hours and hours a week. If I was going to do a show that way, I'm doing it my way. I'm doing it the way that I think a show should be done. So everything from the name of this show down to the studio it's recorded in was ensured and put in place to make absolutely positively sure that the cord could never be unplugged. Ten years from now, I promise you, you will still be able to listen to the Ask Noah show. We will still be taking your calls. Maybe they'll be over sip. Maybe they'll be over mumble. Maybe the technology will evolve. But I promise you, this show will, I will never stop working as hard as I'm working today to make this show a success the cord cannot be unplugged. I don't believe in partnerships. Any of you who have listened to me for any amount of time know that I don't believe in partnerships. And so frankly, that's why I don't have a co-host. There isn't a place for a co-host on this show because this show is unfettered, unashamed Linux passion. And that is not for everybody. And if I'm going to set an ideal and work closer every single day to get to that ideal, which is the Linux desktop, and and, and and share my passion for other people to get them into the Linux desktop environment, then that means that I can't have somebody sitting next to me on a mic going, well, but Windows does have its advantages sometimes. I have always viewed my relationship with Jupiter Broadcasting and Chris that I worked for Chris. And so frankly, the only person I would have ever trusted to have a microphone next to me and to why he's the only person who's ever really guest-hosted a show with me is Chris. Lately, we have been getting into some, I don't know, muddy waters, I guess if you want to say. We've been talking about some politics, and it's not that I chose it. It's that that's what the Linux community has thrown at us, so that's what we talk about on this show. And as social justice warriors do, they tend to make trouble. First time we talked about it, I had people and organizations calling the show, calling me personally. The second time we brought it up, I had people calling Alta Speed, I had people calling the radio station I work for. Everybody was out to try to make, their, make sure they understood what a terrible human being I am for bringing these guests on and allowing them to express their opinion and asking some neutral, what I think are fairly neutral questions. And throughout that entire time, never once was I ever asked to censor content, remove content, which is a good thing because I'm not afraid of any topic for any reason at any time. Let me tell you something. Come to a conservative radio station and tell them that you're upset that we irritated a bunch of social justice warriors and try to start a fight. I mean, I get promoted if somebody, you know, if they really drug that out. Make a big deal out of it to the point that the radio station can make some news out of it. I'd get a raise. But when people do bad things, we're going to talk about it. When people do bad things itself, we're going to talk about it. When the... Owner, when the, the the chief developer of the Linux kernel steps down, we're going to talk about that. I don't care if it's unpopular. I don't care if it's, I don't care if you think it's silly. I'm going to give you my opinion on those things because one, I'm a master of my opinion, and two, we don't shy away from any topic. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cause a ruckus. And I have been very, very clear with Chris and then by extension Linux Academy and and Jupiter Broadcasting and the radio station that this show airs on. If I am ever asked to censor content, you're done. You lose the show. Because that's just not what we're about. That's not I'm not interested in I'm not interested in being unauthentic. So last week I I got a call from Chris and um, we started we started having a conversation Um. I think it was primarily spawned because of all of the special episodes that we that we had scheduled, and I said, um, and and Chris had asked me, he said, "How would you like to take your show independent?" And my very first thought was, "Oh my gosh, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong?" And I remember my first, my first question back to him was, "Do I need to step away from the microphone? Do I need this? Is this it for Ask Noah?" Because honestly. My friendship with Chris is more important to me than the show. And so as committed as I am to bringing you high quality content every single week and am willing to do that for the next 10 years, not willing to do that at, at, at the detriment of a friendship. I can't do it. So that was my first question was, do I need to step away from the mic? No, no, that's not that's not what this is at all. And I thought, well, maybe it's because my idea of competing within a brand wasn't working, you know, the whole Tide Bounty thing. Maybe that maybe that was a, a horrible thing. And so then all these ideas started coming through my head, like, well, I've got one foot in the door already with political radio, and so I don't really need to be in the Linux space. I could just go do my my political broadcast and, and just kind of go all in over there. And, and, and in my mind, I guess for the past couple of years, I've had this idea that I was building an infrastructure that gave Chris the option to someday look over and say, hey, you know what? You have been studying radio and broadcasting and engineering and stuff at, at such a deep technical level and have put way, way more money into broadcasting Linux content than really anybody else is ever going to do because the return on investment is just abysmal. You know, no, all to speed. You handle this. You you your stream sounds fantastic. Just tell me what software I have to install or what I have to connect to or what I have to do. And we'll just let you handle that you know, that, that, that final workflow, at least the live part of it. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, man, take my show independent. No, I want to do more for the network, not less. If it's going to be less, I'd rather just go do something else entirely. And so I asked him point blank, what did I do? Even if we part ways, I need to know so that I don't make the same mistake down the road. If I go get another job doing broadcast. And he said, you know what? It's not about that. And we had a couple little, you know, little things he said, you know, when you're on air, you know, for example, scheduling stuff would be really nice if you'd let us know that you're going to do nine episodes in a row so that we can plan for that. You know, communication would be a little nice, but it's not about that. It's just you're filling you're you're doing content at a level that the network was never built for. And so this week's run of shows. You know, you're going to do all these shows and we're just we're not we're just not doing a daily Linux show. That's not. And I mean, that blacks out the page on Jupiter Broadcasting. So how can you do that? And it just. And so your show, it's not that we're mad or upset or anything like that. It's just you're growing at a speed that we're just not ready for. And so and, you know, part of that is understand we are not just filling content here. Anytime I do anything, I have a very good reason for doing it. And I have insight into things that I'm not always allowed to talk about on air. But when I decide I'm going to kill myself, essentially, to make episodes come out almost every day, I promise you there's an insanely good reason for doing so. And this week's run of episodes, it has not been a bunch of fluff. Every one of these episodes, I think, has something in it for a different audience. Slightly different format. A lot of guests we wouldn't ordinarily have time for, but that offer very important, exciting content. So we had a ton of reasons for doing these last series of episodes. And this is the only way that we can make time for some of those things and be available to cover some breaking news that that might happen. But I see his point. It shadows the great work that him and Wes are doing on Unplugged. It shadows the great work that him and Mike are doing on Coder and LAN and all of the other special broadcasts that they're going to do down from L.A. this week. So I verified a second time. Hey, I just want to make sure that this is strictly a business thing. This is not, you know, you and I are, you know, are on bad terms, anything like that. And he was very clear, listen, this is, this is what I, this is, I'm asking you, you know, is this something that you're interested in doing? Understanding that it's, it's not about our friendship. So we have different goals in broadcasting. I want to do more live stuff. He wants to do more post uh, production stuff. And uh, since Rakai has left, all of the editing and stuff has, has changed. And obviously his content has much, much better, uh, quality when it actually comes out because the workflow allows for that and his his final product is much cleaner and much tighter than ours but our product our product is much better live it's more driving i think it's more engaging we structured the show and put a bunch of money into making the best live podcast available and there are things that i have not done at Jupyter broadcasting because the workflow no longer allows for it the 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 the, the biggest thing of which is a video show i look over at what the destination linux guys are doing and I've guest hosted on there. And, and that's just very, very cool. And I just, I want to get back to that. I, I miss that, that Linux Action Show style of friendly, casual, you know, bounciness, I guess. 93% of all communication is nonverbal. So if we're doing an audio only show, like you're getting with this show, I'm communicating 7% of what I'm actually feeling. And that's really where I draw my strength from is my, my emotion, my, my feeling and my passion. So I, I would like to do video shows i would like to do a daily show which is part of what we were testing this week can can i commit to a daily broadcast schedule and yes it's a lot of work and yes it's a lot of money but i think it's worth it i think linux deserves that so the ask noah show has brought you the best live coverage of any event itself and i will argue that in 2019 we're going to bring you the best live coverage of any every event we go to but after episode 100 The Ask Noah show will officially be an independent broadcast. Episode 101 will no longer be affiliated with Jupiter Broadcasting, no longer released with Jupiter Broadcasting, will be entirely independent. So what does that what does that mean? Honestly, not that much. The show is going to be at the same time. Chris and I are still Chris and I are still friends. We're still going to do events together. I had a very detailed conversation with them about, you know, do you want some help on the engineering side? You know, when you're doing remote broadcast, he goes, "Yep." Yeah. I said, great. Could I share a booth with you? Because, you know, you're way better at that kind of stuff than I am. And he said, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Chris is going to come on the show. In fact, we were hoping to get him on the past couple of days, but our schedule kept changing around. So maybe he'll be able to join us tomorrow. But I want to have him on for sure uh, at, at some point within the next week or so, because I'd like to I'd like you guys to hear his take on all of this. He has a very important story that I am personally, emotionally invested in uh, as it relates to him switching a couple of his things to Linux. And I hope that he will share that story exclusively on the Ask Noah show or break that story anyway. Chatroom is asking about Mumble. You know, I haven't had a discussion with him specifically about Mumble. And honestly, my answer today might be a little different than what it would have been before today because... I would have said prior to today, well, the Mumble has always existed outside of Linux Unplugged, has always existed as a community project. And so I feel pretty welcome to use that. Uh, However, today of all days, we actually had a scheduling conflict and I went and did um, ask Noah and it ended up bumping into his schedule time. So we'll probably use that Mumble uh, as long as I can make 110 percent sure that we never interfere with anything that they're doing, because obviously, you know, a lot of effort and resources have been put into that specifically to support the network. And I don't want to take away from that at all. Plus, it's not hard to set up a mumble server. But yeah, and yes, we have an Ask Noah Noah room in the mumble server. Maybe we'll just use that. And of course, obviously, we're using our own IRC server. So if you join us, pound Ask Noah Show in on Freenode. Make sure to come to AskNoahShow.com. You should have been doing that already because we have put just an insane amount of money into an audio system capable of delivering a near linear audio quality to your web browser at only 64 kilobits per second. So it's absolutely mobile optimized. Turn on your phone, visit the website, click on the play button, turn the phone back off. You can listen to us anywhere, anytime. Listen to us in your web browser. Uh, I think we're the best sounding live show out there. We're currently working with a company to integrate us with Amazon and Alexa and uh, we're obviously going to uh, continue to work on apps and, and those kind of integrations because I think those things are important. Since day one, we are going to continue to dominate the live space and I feel that us going independent gives us a little bit of freedom to to do that because we can kind of push push stuff our you know our our own way. So over time we'll 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 transition. Today the chat room is uh, is is uh, is pound ass Noah show and uh, hashtag ask Noah show. The chat room is arguing every time I say it one way they tell me it's another way. But most of all, what I want to say is thank you. I want to say thank you to Chris for everything that he has done for me. I and 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 I want to say thank you to you, the listener. Uh, for being here with us. Obviously, please subscribe to the Ask Noah show. If you're listening to us in the All Show feed, this will be the second to last episode. You'll get in that feed. After that, you'll have to be subscribed to the actual Ask Noah. Um, I look at this as a positive thing. I think that this is a opportunity for us to grow and do the biggest, best show we've ever done. And uh, really find our power stroke and kind of get into that. And so I hope that you'll support us. I hope that you'll stay along for the ride. And uh, I hope that you'll, you're, you're as excited to see as I am what comes in the future. Again, phone lines are open as always. 1-855-450-NOAA, 855-450-6624. The email, live at AskNoahShow.com. You're on AskNoah, what's on your mind?
2: Hey Noah, it's Chaz. How's your marathon going?
1: Hey Chaz, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. You know, you of all people are a fitting caller to go to after that uh, after that announcement because I think you, if there is a number one fan of the Ask Noah show, you might be it, or certainly a number one caller.
2: Yeah, I called in, and I'm thinking, oh man, I walked into a doozy here. This is going to be interesting.
1: Well, thanks for hanging in there, Chaz. I appreciate it. How can we help tonight?
2: Well, um, I. I've used uh, Thunderbird currently as my desktop mail client with the uh, standard Ubuntu uh, flavor minimal installation, and I've been kind of getting some weird behavior out of it lately, and it seems like the answer to said weird behavior, whenever I research it more, is uninstall an add-on. Uh, and I'm pretty conservative with the add-ons I install. Sure. Generally, they're just the ones that Mozilla has uh recommended as being the best for a gmail account because i think if you turn programs like thunderbird and firefox into a christmas tree they don't run as well um so i was almost kind of i was it kind of came to the conclusion well since i have to keep uninstalling so many add-ons is thunderbird really the best option so i was wondering is there an ask noah show you know an independent ask noah show approved uh endorsed Whatever word you want to use, this being election day and all, uh, desktop mail clients that uh, you recommend, hmm. uh, if it's something other than Thunderbird, that is.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I uh, I have tried. I've tried. I tried. You know, N one Mail and, and all of those as they came out. And honestly, Chaz, I haven't found something I like as much as I like Thunderbird.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly definitely the. Uh, the best option I've used as well, I was just wondering if maybe you knew anything that I hadn't turned on to yet. I've tried MailSpring, I've tried Trigido, um, and thus far Thunderbird seems to be kind of the go-to. Um, yeah, it does have some things that I wish it could do, like uh, interface with Mail or so on and so forth. But Chatroom is so recommending
1: Chat room is re- it's recommending TutonaMail and Mail. I've not tried either of those um of course then again i'm pretty i'm a pretty straightforward guy when it comes to mail i just need the email to show up and then i read it and then it goes away so i i don't know i'm not i'm i'm I maybe not the best person to ask but i do have a lot of email and i have a lot of email accounts
2: yeah i'm actually trying kind of a more uh multi uh account email approach to try to separate the amount of mailing lists and uh things of that nature i get from when an actual human wants to talk to me so we'll see how that goes
1: yeah absolutely well i'll Chaz, i'll keep my eyes peeled and if i if i come across something i you know the thing is you and i are a, we're a lost we're a dying breed those of us who like local mail clients all the new kids are going to this web-based nonsense ah,
2: it's just a fad
1: <laughs> yeah i suppose the cloud is a fad too
2: yeah well anyway uh shameless plug uh and so the Ask Noah Show, tune in to uh, Steve Schmidt's election coverage, and you can hear me tell uh, Noah jokes that uh, I won't be able to repeat here on Family Friendly Radio.
1: Yep, yeah, that's coming up. That's, uh, it's coming up in just an hour. I appreciate it, Chaz. Thanks for the call. Again, one 855 450 noah 855 The email live at asknoahshow.com. You're on Ask Noah. What's on your mind?
3: Hey, Noah. It's Steve from Canada. How
1: are you? Hey, Steve. Good to hear from you.
3: Yeah, I had a question and a comment on one of your previous shows. Which one do you want first?
1: Uh, I'll take both. Either one, your choice.
3: So um, I was listening to, uh, I can't listen to live all the time, but I was listening to the, uh, the show about, uh, was it Ravencrest, the open broadcast software?
1: Uh, yeah, Rivendell,
3: yep. And uh, Rivendell, yeah. And I thought that that speaker did a fantastic job representing his um, his project and I thought that he did a good job working together with him to explain things now I don't have a particularly vested interest in the product but I found it interesting the way that you guys both played off each other I thought that was well done so I thought I'd you'd give you a little pat on the back on the air well
1: thank you I appreciate that yeah he's he's a hard-working dude and we honestly we just kind of both geeked out and recorded it and released it as an episode
3: yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, my question for you, and I don't know if you'd be able to solve it, I have a problem with, I have a bunch of monitors plugged into an NVIDIA card, and one of them never comes on when I wake up the computer. Like, I actually have mm. to go and hit the input button. And I just never bothered to try and solve this. I'm running uh, GNOME three point three zero on Arch, and I wondered if you'd run into that and if you if you have a fix for that
1: no not at all in fact i have had actually way better luck on gnome with multi-monitors and i've had some weird issues with nvidia on under kde and uh and had a lot better luck with multi-monitor nvidia support under gnome
3: yeah so the problem is there are five monitors and one of the monitors um it just when i wiggle the mouse, four of them come on and the fifth one doesn't come on until i actually push one of the buttons on the monitor and uh I kind of played around with it a little bit and gave up to they're all on monitor arm so it's not that big of a deal for me right. but I thought I'd ask and see if you'd run into that
1: before. yeah no I haven't I'm sorry Steve that's a that's a, that's that's weird especially under gnome and uh, yeah. chat room asks are uh, is one of the screens HDMI can the screen use display port instead of HDMI I'm wondering if he's not thinking that there's uh, you know what protection uh, you know copy protection kind of a thing
3: so the the um, the video card has three HDMI and two display ports, and all of them are used. So two of the three HDMI ports come on fine, and all the display ports come on just fine. It's just the one of them, and it doesn't matter. I have Acer and Asus monitors, and it doesn't matter the brand. It seems to always do that. Like, the one on that port always seems to do that. Huh.
1: Yeah, that is uh, that's, that is extraordinarily yeah. strange. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I wish I had a better answer for you. Fortunately, I've just not really run into that, uh, and I'm glad. Uh, good, I hope it's an... Os- <laughs> as terrible as this is to say, I hope it's an isolated issue.
3: Yeah, me too. Um, I also heard Chaz asking about male science. Um, I'm always surprised that nobody ever recommends evolution. Um, I've been a big fan of evolution for a long time, actually. It enabled me to do my job in the early 2000s and onward, with the Compatibility with Exchange and stuff like that, and uh, it's still my favorite go-to if I'm going to use Outlook.
1: Yeah, I've heard that for people that that wanted integration with uh, with Microsoft services, that that was kind of their bridge. So that was that was pretty cool. I- I've never really been a fan of Evolution for some reason. I used it way way back in the day, and I've I've since brought it up a couple of times. For me, it doesn't do anything that Thunderbird doesn't do. Um, but mm-hmm. I-, I guess to your point, it 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 probably doesn't have some of the extension issues that Thunderbird has.
3: Yeah, it, and it plugs in, you have to create a one-time password or an app password or whatever Gmail calls it in order to log in, uh, especially if you have two-factor authentication, but I've never had a problem with it.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, and I, I kind of question if, again, what concerns me is I feel like the development for locally run mail clients is quickly dying because everybody is going to web-based mm-hmm. and cloud-based clients. Yeah,
3: yeah, I agree.
1: Anyway, thank you very much, Steve. I appreciate the call, and and thanks again for your for your support of the Ask Noah show. Um, I I was uh, so some of you know I've been doing some guest hosting with my friends from Destination Linux, and um, we were talking about Arco Linux, and uh, I must live under a rock because I'd not heard of it before, and I started playing around with it, and the thing that immediately appealed to me about Arco Linux is it quite literally is a Linux distro for a geek. It's a Linux distro for those that like to play around with Linux distros. So I started playing with it and you could immediately tell when you're using this that the guy who designed it knows a lot about teaching other people about Linux. And it turns out the lead developer Eric Dubois is a is a former teacher, former educator. And so the way his mind works is able to look at an end goal in mind, look at an end destination in mind, Look at where we are now, and then he's able to help you get from point A to point B. And that really appealed to me. And uh, so I reached out to Eric and I said, hey, I just want to let you know you have a really great product. And uh, after I chatted with him a little bit, I started to understand that he is a very intelligent, very well, you know, he, he thinks about things at a very high level and then can dig into them. And I thought, what a great opportunity for somebody like this to explain their passion, their project to other people. So a lot of people tend to think of Arch Linux as this kind of Linux that you don't use unless you really, really understand Linux. Well, he has a different approach. Arco Linux and Eric Dubois designed a, a, a spin, I guess, or an or a offshoot of Arch that is specifically designed to give you sane defaults so you're up and running right away, but it will let you, within reason, kind of break out of your shell. And, uh, but it never lets you actually hurt yourself. It, he has all of these scripts that are there that that will prevent you from really ever getting into any serious trouble so without further ado joining me on the program lead developer for arco linux arcolinux.info is mr eric Bois hey eric welcome to the OsNOA show
4: fine thank you very much thank you for being here
1: yeah welcome welcome so i guess let's start with this what is arco linux
4: well um arco linux is actually an, a linux project uh, based on arch linux so it all started when uh when I was back developer in Arch Labs, I found this, this great uh, diamond in the rough at some point, February 2018, no, 2017. And that's how I became a developer in some sense. And at some point in time, I was building the ISOs. And from there, well, that wasn't the avalanche or the, the roller coaster I've been doing last month. Mm-hmm. That's how everything started.
1: How did Arco Linux become into existence? If you were going to be a developer, obviously you could have chosen to ve- to develop for Arch proper, or maybe Manjaro. Uh, instead, you know, you have... Or de- Debian. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or even Debian. Or
4: Debian, so, so, so yeah.
1: why So why, uh, why Arco Linux?
4: Well, like I said, uh, a year ago, um, well, well, two years ago, let's say, if you check out my YouTube movies, uh, you see that I was involved in Linux Mint. Version 16, maybe even 15, as early as that. So, I was in the Debian world and, and I was exploring everything and making tutorials on ericdubois.pe. And I was learning Debian, right? I, I was learning how to script, I was making Sardi icons, I was scripting as at, back then to embellish your desktop, how to get software on there, etc. So, that was interesting to have that knowledge already and then at some point i discovered arch linux and i did the arch way installation you know everything in a terminal everything black you don't know what to press what to do and the only thing you have is the arch wiki but being probably um, a teacher myself i like the idea of the wiki of arch linux it teaches you a lot Maybe too much mm-hmm. for beginners in Linux. You you don't know what to press first, what to try first. So that's that's uh, maybe the disadvantage of the wiki. But if you know what to um, what to use, what you need, if you know what you need to get your system going, then the Arch wiki is just heaven. Everything is on there. So that's I, that's three three years back. I, I kind of fell in love with the way Arch Linux is. Um, it feels to me like it's a Lego box. I can use Arch Linux components and say, this time I'm going to have XFC, but the next day I'm going to say, I'm going to install OpenBox, and next day I'm going to install BSPWM, etc. And that's a feeling I've never had on Debian or on Linux Mint for that matter, although I was trying already a few years ago because I installed I3 on Linux, on Ubuntu, on Linux Mint, I mean, on Ubuntu, and all these solos even. So I have lots of tutorials on ericdupois.be, making the transference or, or the migration from what I understand is I3 to all the different Linux distributions. And that's when I found that Arch Linux was capable of providing me, one, knowledge, Two versatility. Three new stuff. Always new stuff. Always updating. And those elements triggered something in me. And at some point in time, like I said, in February 2017, I came across Archlabs. And then I became member of Arch Labs. I became a forum member. And at some point I become became the ISO builder. So I made the ISO for Arch Labs. That's how I got into it. Very. That's how I evolve. I I, it, it evolves, right? Absolutely. So
1: Arco Linux, from what I'm understanding, is really ideal for somebody who wants to learn about Linux because you designed it as a tinkerer for other tinkers. Is that right?
4: Yeah. Yes, that's a good expression. A tinkerer, yeah. When you, I uh, like to... The- like to call it the Lego. I like to play with my Lego. Even, even worse, maybe. Yeah,
1: adult Legos for developers, maybe.
4: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> hey, good phrase.
1: Yeah, you're Copyright. welcome to. Yeah, you're welcome to steal that. Uh, who is the <laughs> Who is the target audience for Arco Linux? When you're sitting down, when you're writing code, Eric, um, when you're looking mm. at features to implement, or you're looking at you know where the next place is to go, who do you have in mind? Who are you thinking of?
4: Well. I have um, different people in mind. First off, I've, I've taught uh, Arco Linux at my school, at my university. So I have people in front of me who don't know nothing about Linux. Really, they don't know. They have to tell what Linux is. Ah, okay. So that's very basic people, right? So these students in front of me in my class, I, I teach them some. Some of them bring their old laptop, you know. And the other, well, the others have to do it in VirtualBox, and they have. They get acquainted with Arc Linux. But the first thing I think is best for any starter is XFC. We have these three desktops that are on one ISO. eh? XFC, OpenBox, and i3 are just on one ISO. Mm -hmm. And XFC is for most part of the people um, who follow my my teachings, who follow my course. Uh, They say, okay, XFC, I get XFC after a while, even after a while coming from windows it's still well well it's, it's a puzzle for them and it's good because a puzzle is is fun if if you start learning bspwm and you have never learned about it it's it's the puzzle that triggers you is the finding out and learning about a desktop that that's that's fun and that's you know our credo learn have fun and enjoy so that's one of the goals personal goals why i'm doing all this because learning is fun for me well that's cool so, yeah so cool um we see lots of people we see people who have no experience in linux we have people who have wondered about like like uh, distro hoppers right and say i'm going to stay here this is it this is it i found it people who keep hopping of course uh which is good because we get um Uh, We call it cross-virtualization, you know, get ideas from other distros. They do do this. Why don't you do that? (laughs) Questions like that. But uh, it's all kind of people we we get. We get also the the really, well, the archway people or the people who say, I want to build up everything from scratch, you know. Give me a terminal and I'll do it.
1: That's cool. That's very cool. So, at when For somebody that's maybe looking to get interested in Linux and they look out and they say, okay, well, I have the Ubuntu's of the world. I have the Linux Mint's of the world. Um, I have mm-hmm. the Solus's of the world. But you're telling yeah. me that you don't have to be a Linux expert to use Arco Linux. The experience that's necessary for someone so. is no. not much.
4: No, I don't think so. Uh, XFC is a wonderful desktop to start off, I think. Uh, there are others, of course. Um, but for a starter... I think that's an ideal uh, desktop to start off and it's fast as well so <laughs> it's very easy to use yeah obviously so
1: obviously there are a, there's a there's a reason to include you know every window manager or you know tiling window manager i think that you know depending on who you are you have a different work style um and so every distribution should offer as many as possible but for this particular distribution and given what I understand about the target audience and kind of how you went to develop it, why the inclusion of a tiling window manager? Do you find that a lot of people that are looking to experiment and play with Linux are interested in tiling window managers?
4: No, I think it's about 10% of our audience that uses tiling managers, but it's um, maybe I'm an ambassador for these desktops because I remember three years ago when I first started with i3, I thought, what is this? Such <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> it was a black screen and it had a bar with some icons on it, that's it. I said, and now, what now? So I've been building that i3 configuration over the years and I've put it inside Arch Labs first and R2D2. And and then it moved back to Arch Merge and then to Arch Linux. So yeah, it's, the config is important. And I, we do get lots of compliments about i3, saying it's the nicest looking, because that's who I am. I don't like an, an, an empty desktop in the sense that I want my wallpaper. I mean, it's a, a great resolution to have a beautiful wallpaper, even on i3. And, and everything just um, well works with shortcuts, of course, keyboard shortcuts then. So everything is tuned to the max, I suppose, the way we want it. And the fun is, if you start out, for instance, an in i3, yeah, start. let's say, let's assume you start with Article Linux, then you have XFCE. Maybe you go to OpenBox, or maybe just skip it and go to i3. And later, you say, I'm going to check out BSPWM, because Eric is very uh, enthusiastic about it, and it is. <laughs> I am. I am then you'll you'll see that the keyboard shortcuts are everywhere the same. So your fingers already know what to press. They already start in Ctrl-Alt-V for Vivaldi or F for Firefox. It just works. The same shortcuts everywhere. And that's something that I think is powerful as well. What
1: I'm hearing is i i can see the the gears working inside of your head to to create and craft this product (laughs) that is Uh very intuitive and very understandable from somebody that's coming at it from a learning perspective and i'm wondering has that occurred to you that 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 you may be well well more positioned than most people to educate people on linux or to design a linux system for people to learn because of your because of your given life experience
4: Yes, that's what uh, the comments are on on YouTube. So thank God you're here, and thank you for helping. So um, we have on info. we have here and uh, third-party testimonials. You you can check it out ArchLinux.info third-party testimonials. And sometimes and just copy paste something that we that I feel that we feel hey this is motivating. This this is why we do it. People expressing their t- gratitude for. Well, sharing the knowledge, basically. That's exactly what we're doing. We're making something, of course. We're creating an, an ISO, and Linux version. But it doesn't end there. We educate you. We give you lots of uh, YouTube tutorials. I think I'm around 600 videos already. Wow. Um, so yeah, if you want to learn, you can learn. We'll have a link to Eric's YouTube
1: channel in the show notes. You can head over to podcast.asnoashow.com Check those out.
4: Eric, what is Arco Linux B? Hmm. Well, you jumped one. <laughs> there is also Arco Linux D. Okay, let's start with that. That's fine. <laughs> so if you go to ArchLinux.info, I try to be as constructive on my website as I can be, as as translucent is that the word how transparent right mm-hmm. there are there's this link here that says projects and other Linux has three major projects and it's just the way things went over time so let's way start way back okay arch labs arch labs was open box right open box desktop mm-hmm. then came arch uh, well no first came arch labs 32d2 art 2d2 sorry then we included i3 already. So we had a merger of OpenBox and i3. Then we had to split off, eh? and then we had Arch Linux, uh, sorry, ArchMerch we launched in September 2017. But at that point, I thought, well, the pieces came together and I said, okay, we have already OpenBox and i3, but why not merge it with XFCE? Because lots of elements on OpenBox were already XFCE. We just didn't have the desktop, XFCE. So ArchMerge came to be, it came, it came in existence, eh? XFCE OpenBox I3. Three things. Then the comment came, oh, it's too bloated, there's too much software and all that. Um, and then we responded with the creation of Linux D. Okay. Linux D, the D stands for you choose the desktop. You decide oh. it. And what's this? That's a base Arco Linux. You get a graphical installer. It's not Arch Linux. It's not a black screen, and you start typing your term yours, your, your um, commands. No, you have still Calamari's right, the graphical installer. And once once that's done, you reboot, and you're in a black screen. Then you follow tutorials online, how to install Openbox, i3, BSP, WM, Plasma. We have 11 desktops to choose from. All scripts, they're all ready. And a script, the, the fun or the power of a script is it's a text, delete a line, add a line, and it's your script. Right. So the, you reuse our code. We so, promote it. That's right? awesome. That's awesome. It is, because yeah. Because at, at the end, you... You put in LibreOffice or you put in OpenOffice. It's your choice. You run the script. You edit the script.
1: You give people just enough freedom to be able to do what they want to do, to give to let them explore a little bit, but you don't give them enough freedom to let them hurt themselves. You still have some guardrails up and, and kind of guide yeah. them down the path. I, I really like that approach.
4: Yeah, that's it's a learning approach, right? You, you hold your hand first with Arc Linux ISO, XFC OpenBox i3. Then we let you loose on an base ISO, Arch Linux D, and a D. Well, you learn how to work in a terminal and to run scripts and edit scripts. There is Arch Linux mm-hmm. B, and in B we got the idea: why not give the people the power to build the ISO? The B stands for build your own ISO. Means that you run a script, just one, thirty. You run script 30. You decide, hey, I want to have Steam. I want to have that game, or I want to have Firefox. and I don't want to have Firefox, right? It's just a file. It's called packages. You put a hashtag in front of a line. It means it will not be installed on your ISO. You want something extra. You type the, the, the letters yeah, extra. And then you run the script 30. And your end result is something you would download from any Linux distribution, it's called an ISO. An ISO is burnt on a USB, and USB is then uh, installed on an SSD or a virtual box if you want. Sure. So it's another way of providing power to the people. Say, look, our ISO is not good. It's never gonna be good. Not for seven billion of people, never, ever. So you decide what goes on. Here's the power, here's the ISO, here's the script, here's the package put on it what you want it's mm-hmm. your freedom and Linux is all but always been about freedom so
1: freedom and choice yeah absolutely yeah. and yeah and you're nailing both of those do you think Eric that it is dangerous to have the 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 most bleeding edge packages available to these users do you find users getting themselves in trouble because they they maybe downloaded a package like you said it was bleeding edge but maybe it wasn't quite ready for for people to use or people hadn't quite tested the interoperability with other software or have you found that to not be really a an issue.
4: People keep saying that about Arch Linux and it's so not true. It's so not true. After three years of using Arch Linux, there are no, not so much problems. There are always problems on any distro, any right. Linux distro, Right. but they're, they're all solvable, right? And if you go and look on archlinux.com, for instance, um, we can see that there is a menu called fixes. So if something pops up and, and we see something is not working, not an hour later, there's a video, an article, how to solve it. And not only that, I always try to make you independent, self-reliant. So while I'm telling you how to solve an issue that pops up, it can be anything. And most of the time, it's a human error. It's like, oh yeah, the developer forgot this or forgot that. And if you fix this, it's easily fixed the- sometimes. But if somebody tells you how to fix it, then, then it becomes clear. It's, aha, it's just that, right? Right. So these fixes, these uh, elements that, that pop up from time to time, I'll have an article and a video with it, and that's that.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. You, just, you take yeah, care then, of those users.
4: Voila, that's it, actually, yeah. We, we take care of the users. If there is an issue, we have the same issue. We have the same issue, sure. So we'll fix it. Why not share the knowledge or how to fix it? Because sometimes it's like uh, the developers on a holiday, right? And it means that the download has changed or the checksum is not correct anymore, etc., etc. It can be so many things that can go wrong with these AOR builds. I'm thinking about AOR. Maybe you know already what that is. Um. I yes. I, I
1: I've actually I've. I've... I went the last two or three years i was a i was an arch user okay. and, and fantastic but you know what Fine. there are, there's probably those in the for audience the, that don't users
4: yeah yeah let's let's say so arch linux There are the packages from the arch linux uh distro distro yeah and there are the AOR, arch user repositories and those things are not arch linux they specifically say that on the website we do not support it right but the fun stuff is in the arch user repositories and, and the useful stuff from yeah useful spotify i know dropbox anything really anything fun uh of course gimp is there Inkscape is in arch linux but like telegram for instance uh, is it still yeah it's still in it's still already in the arch so things move along you know when something is really good it moves from the aur to the arch packages and sometimes as well from the arch to the aur packages again but the point is if something, if packages are break from time to time, it only means that the update is not available, but the program still works. The application still works. You don't need to have a bleeding edge Dropbox. It will work. The old version will work as but as well as, as a newer version, you know? Mm-hmm. but. It, of course, people say, "Oh, there's an error. There's an error." So it's an update issue. Uh, something went wrong in the link or whatever, and we analyze it together. I teach you how to fix it yourself, but in the, in the end, uh, the developer, of course, will will fix it and will. Uh, it takes like two, three days often, and the AOR packages are fixed. But everything works in your system. So do. So the viewers, the listeners—I mean—so <laughs> that I know everything will work. It will just not update until this AUR maintainer will fix it. Simple as that.
0: Well,
1: that's great. And I, and for anybody that has that is getting into Arch or plans on using Arch, embrace the UR, AUR because the AUR is what makes Arch great. And if you're not, if you're against the AUR for any reason, then it kind of eliminates the entire real competitive advantage of of Arch. One of the things I like about Arch. And I would assume by extension Arco Linux is that there isn't a package in the world that isn't available on, on Arch. If it's something's out, somebody has put it in the AOR
4: and if it's not i'll put it there <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: great yeah. hey, eric what yeah. do you, what do you think about um using Arco linux as a daily driver i mean you've designed it so well to be this you know for people to get involved and learn about linux what if somebody is just looking for you know desktop linux they just want to install it maybe put it on some business machines that kind of thing is Arco linux is Arco linux ready for that
4: i think so if uh, you hear people they say i switched over it's my main computer now. Arco Linux is the way to go. I have a desktop. I put Arco Linux D or B, for instance, on the on the laptop, I mean. So yeah, people are switching over, definitely. Finally, to and to Arco Linux. Yeah.
1: You guys are a desktop Linux first, right? Like I'm sure there's somebody out there that has probably used Arco Linux on a server somewhere, but you're focused on the desktop experience and the desktop users.
4: And the laptop users, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's absolutely fantastic, Aaron. I, I just want to congratulate you on, uh, on a job well done and for filling a truly, I think, underserved niche, which is that new user that's coming in that they don't want Mac OS with Linux kernel. They want, you know, a compatible modular operating system that they can play with and that they can tinker with. And like you have said numerous times. They want a, an adult Lego box. They want to play with yep. that. And I, I think Arco Linux fits that bill. And that's why we're so excited to be able to, to to get you on the show and to kind of pick your brain about this. So thanks so much for taking the time. Eric Dubois is his name, lead developer of Arco Linux. linux.info Eric Dubois.be on Twitter, at Eric Dubois. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time to be here. We'll get you back on the program real soon.
4: All right, great. See you soon.
1: 1-855-450-NOAH. That's 855-450-6624. You're on SNO. What's in your
0: mind? Hi, Noah. It's uh, Dahmer, actually. I have a Lenovo TS-140 sitting here, and I'm trying to get Linux set up uh, for it for local business. Um, But no matter what we do, we can't get the Ethernet controller to work. It doesn't seem like either the kernel doesn't load or it doesn't seem to just see that it's there. Um, It's just a basic Intel chip. It's just E2000D. And it pops up in LSPCI, but I can't get it to communicate with anything. Hmm.
1: Man, that is interesting. You, do, does it show up when you list, like, the network adapters? Can you see it in there even if it's even if you can't assign an IP or anything?
0: Well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to set up elementary just because it's going to be, like, the front desk computer for, like, people to look up, like, parts and stuff. Sure. like, they do order parts in um, for people and stuff. And so it's just easier, you know, search this, make a list, bam there we go um and maybe we'll just use another machine but it'd just be convenient to have this oh I, um, it but... doesn't pop up in like the little drop down menu sure but it pops up in the terminal like it shows up and when i go into when i go into the bios even if i reset the bios and go back it doesn't show up hmm yeah unfortunately I've tried, i I'm... i've tried in um arch but it doesn't. I
1: don't. I don't know. It sounds. I tell you what. It sounds like dumber. It sounds like a firmware issue. I wish I had more time to, to discuss it. Unfortunately, I'm up against the top of the clock, and we've got a busy broadcast schedule the rest of the night. So unfortunately, the best thing I can tell you, if I if I woke up in your shoes, what I would do, I'd run down to Best Buy, thirty five bucks, and I'd pick up one of those little USB adapters, and I'd use that. Brad Schmidt out at the ground round tonight covering uh, the election coverage. Hey, Brad. Hey man, how are we doing? Pretty good. So we got about thirty seconds before the before our music, top of the hour music, kicks in. Tell us what we got coming up at uh, eight o'clock tonight. Uh, election coverage, election coverage. Vote. Come on out to uh, the ground round in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And hang out with us. We're gonna have people stopping by. We're gonna have some. Uh, who's who's calling in? Uh, Jeff Johnson uh, running for governor, of Minnesota. Kevin Kramer, um, oh, a, a whole bunch of them. We've got um, Dave Hughes in Minnesota, CD seven. Kelly Armstrong running in North Dakota. We got a whole bunch of, of guests lined up. So this is going to be an exciting night, and people can come out. They can join with us if they, if let's say they're sick of pol- they say I'm not interested in politics. Usually that's not for me. This might be the coverage for them though, right? Oh yeah, this is gonna be just a lot of fun is, is essentially what it what we're gonna do. We're actually at a at a restaurant. We're set up there's people sitting around eating and enjoying the the, the evening we got CNN and Fox News on the TVs and we, we've got sports over on one TV and uh, all kinds of stuff going on and they say you know I had somebody said they told, told me the other day they said that uh, they didn't know if they we're going to be there late enough for them we're starting of course at 8 o'clock uh, we'll be there well into the night so make sure to check it out head over to Ask Noah show make sure to subscribe guys